Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Actually, Cincy 360. About Cincinnati. From Cincinnati. Sponsored in part by Skyline Chili. Stop by Skyline Chili for a three-way or cheese coney today. Feeling good? It's Skyline time. This is ESPN 1530. Cincinnati Sports Station. Hi, hello, and welcome in. Yes, indeed it is. Cincy 360. Brought to you by our friends at Skyline Chili here on ESPN 1530. My name is Austin Elmore. Happy to be with you up until 3 o'clock this afternoon. At 3 o'clock, we'll turn things over to Mo Egger, live from the Moorline Logger House. Mo's happy hour coming up this afternoon as well. We've got some breaking NFL news to get to. We've got some Bengals quarterback news to get to. We uh, now shift our attention to the Kansas City Chiefs. The Bengals play there on New Year's Eve. We'll go inside KC. You're going to hear what Pat McAfee had to say about the Chiefs and why sounds like he's giving up on them. And you'll hear from the human joystick. That's right, the human joystick. Dante Hall talked about the Kansas City Chiefs this morning and pleaded with Patrick Mahomes to say something or to do something differently with his game. You'll hear about that live at 1 o'clock this afternoon, just under an hour from right now. Zach Taylor for his weekly press conference ahead of the Chiefs game coming up on Sunday. We will carry Zach's comments live. Also, some Bengals news today. Cam Taylor-Britt has been cleared to return to practice. He is expected to play in Kansas City. Zach can shed some light on that coming up in just a little bit as well. And uh, they also signed Dominique Davis to the practice squad. Meanwhile, the Las Vegas Raiders have signed tight end Zach Gentry off of the Bengals practice squad. And, uh, you know, I've been... I've been on the playoff predictor again this morning. I've been trying to come up with all these different scenarios for the Bengals to get in. And, uh, you know, there is a way that I don't think is all that crazy for the Bengals to lose this game this weekend against the Chiefs to win next week against a Cleveland team that has nothing to play for. And the Bengals could get in as the seven seed and play at Buffalo in the Super Wild Card weekend round. So that's a possibility. It's amazing how this thing is uh, it, It's somehow still alive. We have a new uh, a tied record for regular season losing streak in a single season, I guess I should say, from the Detroit Pistons. They lost their 27th game in a row last night. We'll talk a little bit about winning and losing and how you really got to savor the W's these days. Uh, and, and I want to ask you, not only for talkbacks, but also in hour three, about what would you change about this year? What would your do-over be? Because I don't know about you, those of you who listen to this show on a daily basis over the course of the year, and those of you who follow me on social media, and I don't put everything out there, but I do put a few things out there, you probably know 
or at least you've been able to pick up with the fact that this has been probably the worst year of my life. There's a few things I'd like to go change about this year. So I want to put that in a sports perspective. Take back to rewind back to January 29th, 2023, when the Bengals lost to the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, and the season was officially over. From that point until now, what would be your do-over? What would be your change about the Cincinnati Bengals and about this football season? We'll talk about that in hour number three. We need to have the T. Higgins conversation. How does that relate to some of the previous lack of signings that could be impacting this team right now? We could probably get into that with the same conversation of what would you change. I have some thoughts on college football and bowl season and a tweet that I saw the other day and some of the other surrounding stuff about meaningless bowl games and NIL being out of control and this, that, and the other. We'll get into that in just a little bit. The Bengals are back in action, and I should say back at practice this afternoon. We'll find out more maybe at the end of the show today about who did practice and didn't practice for the Bengals. And uh, if there is any update on Jamar Chase, obviously we'll be hearing from Zach Taylor at 1 o'clock for, for that. Jake Browning speaks at uh, 3, 3.15, 3.30-ish this afternoon. So uh, maybe Mo will have some of his comments coming up this afternoon as well. We do have a little bit of Joe Burrow news. Joe Burrow tweeted this morning at 11.33 a.m. for the first time in over a year. His last tweet prior to this morning came on November 15th, 2022, and it was an ad for a car company. Today, he tweeted simply, show me the aliens with two exclamation points. It's been up for 35 minutes. It has 452,000 views. Joe Burrow doesn't tweet a lot, but when he does, those things do numbies. We have some NFL news in terms of a team that is vying with the Bengals for a potential playoff spot in the Denver Broncos. 21 minutes ago, Ian Rappaport of NFL Network reported that the Broncos are strongly considering, the Denver Broncos, strongly considering having quarterback Russell Wilson sit for the final two games, preserving financial flexibility for the offseason. He has $37 million. Russell Wilson has $37 million in 2025 that is fully guaranteed for injury only. Uh, it becomes fully guaranteed in March if he is on the roster. So right now the Broncos are not on the hook for that money because he's healthy. But if he gets hurt, they are on the hook for that money. So that could tell you maybe a little bit about how Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos feel about uh, Russell Wilson. And then just six minutes ago, Adam Schefter reported, Sean Payton has informed the team in Denver that Jarrett Stidham will start on Sunday against the Chargers. Russell Wilson will be his backup. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, the, uh, again, that's a financial move that would create the flexibility for Denver to, um, to move on from Russell Wilson if, um, if need be. So some weird stuff happening in the NFL today, uh, across the league. And obviously the Bengals getting set for their showdown with the Kansas city chiefs. If you're wondering what the Bengals will be wearing 
all white, white jerseys, white pants, black socks with the orange helmets as they typically do when they go to Kansas City. You might be wondering, where's Anthony Pike? Where's Big Tone? We were told Tony's going to be here today. I know. I'm sorry to disappoint you that it's me again. But I feel like I know more people that are sick right now than I've known since COVID was happening. Especially here in our offices, it's it's gone around really, really badly. Everybody seems to have been beaten up. I, I don't think I have been... <coughs> excuse me. There you can hear it. I don't think I've been 100% healthy since the end of September, early October. Whether it's been, you know, the, the sneezy, the allergy-like symptoms, or I had strep throat for a little while and I was on antibiotics and... Then it was like the flu-like symptoms, and then uh, on opening, or not on opening day, on Christmas Day, I had a, a really nasty stomach bug that, that created a lot of problems for me. Uh, Tony appears to have that same sort of issue going on through his family at his home today. So Tone is uh, back home taking care of himself and his family and his two little ones. Obviously, he's got a pregnant wife at home he's got to take care of as well and look after. So we wish the Pike family the best. We hope to see Big Tone back here tomorrow uh, for a Thursday edition of Cincy 360. All right, so that basically covers it. That's what we have coming up on the show today. <coughs> Excuse me. A little bit choked up here, and uh, I'm riding solo. So uh, if you want to call in, 513-749-1530 is the phone number. You can call and uh, be a part of the show. You can tweet at me as well, at Audie Elmore, A-U-T-Y-E-L-M-O-R-E. I didn't get to this yesterday, but uh, as we're going through the news here to start off the show, uh, in case you missed it, Xavier over the weekend knocked off Seton Hall on Saturday, smoked them 74-54. to Muskies are off until January 3rd. When they play at Villanova, that's an 8.30 national television game. The Bearcats beat Stetson at home 83-75 on Friday night. Bearcats back in action this Friday night when they host Evansville. NKU uh, last Thursday night got smoked by St. Mary's. They are at Purdue-Fort Wayne this Friday night as well. Top 10 in the college basketball top 25. Purdue, Kansas, Houston, Arizona, Yukon, Tennessee, FAU, Kentucky, North Carolina. According to Ken Palm, when I checked yesterday, Xavier is 42nd. Cincinnati is 40th uh, right now, according to Ken Palm. So you are, as far as I know, completely up to date with everything. I, I do want to get into the Bengals-Chiefs conversation and really what Kansas City is and, and in how different they seem to be. I feel like we owe Eric Bieniemy an apology for how much he was kind of brushed off and how much Andy Reid got the credit. You know a name that you haven't heard much of at all this year? Matt Nagy, the new offensive coordinator in Kansas City. You're going to hear from Dante Hall and what he had to say about Matt Nagy, but isn't it amazing how we kept hearing about Eric Bieniemy and 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 then all of a sudden he leaves, the Chiefs offense stinks, and nobody's talking about Matt Nagy? Hmm. Interesting how that works. Uh, and Andy Reid kind of gets a pass? I, I, I don't know. I don't quite understand that. Uh, and then, you know, kind of looking ahead, I, 
I said this a couple of weeks ago before the Bengals played the Minnesota Vikings that I felt better about the Bengals' odds to beat the Chiefs than I did the Vikings. And the Bengals pulled a Houdini act by beating Minnesota. It, it was like they had no business winning that game. The great play from T. Higgins, I get it. Like they, they weren't supposed to win that game, but they found a way to do it. And it was one of the most fun wins of the season. But I still feel that way, that they match up much better with Kansas City. This is a Kansas City offense that is just undeniably struggling. They're just not a very good team right now. And from a a statistical standpoint, offensively, they're averaging just 22 points a game. They are are, are not uh, great on uh, on third downs. They're 45% of the time. That's solid, but not really, really elite on third downs. Their defense have been, has been wonderful, uh, and, and that's really what's keeping them in the game. They're an entirely different team than we saw a year ago. But with the, the wide receivers on the outside really not having much of an impact, the Bengals were able to take Pat Fryermuth completely out of the game. The Bengals have not been able to stop the run very much at all this year. I still feel like the Bengals match up with the Chiefs a lot better than they do with really any of the two teams they've played the last couple of weeks. Now, Pittsburgh, it's inexplicable how uh, Pittsburgh had dominated the Bengals the way that they have this year. I I don't understand it. Um, And and I'm going to chalk that up to AFC North football. I shouldn't, and and I'm at the point where I'm done making that an excuse. But I see this game coming up on Sunday evening as a true AFC North slobber knocker type of game, low scoring. The offense are going offenses are going to struggle. I don't think the Chiefs offense, even with Patrick Mahomes and even with Travis, Travis Kelsey, is going to be the best offense the Bengals have faced this year. And I think they are going to have enough, especially if Cam Taylor Britt is back. You've got some size, you've got some speed, you've got some experience now on the outside to come help out with some of your guys. Uh, I think that I still like the Bengals matchup against Kansas City. I've watched the Chiefs a lot this year. That's not a team that I think is very good, to be completely honest with you. And the way that they got bullied by the Las Vegas Raiders on Christmas Day, unbelievable. It really is unbelievable. I'm excited for the latest uh, installment of one of the best rivalries in the National Football League now which is the Bengals and the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, so that's basically how the show is going to go today. Uh, When we come back, though, I do want to talk a little bit about college football. And I do want to talk about bowl season. How I see things as a a fan of a team who is playing in a bowl that is a New Year's Six bowl and viewed by many as important, but one that I can't find myself getting excited about. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
And, you know, all this conversation around NIL and around uh, players getting paid and governing bodies and this, that, and the other, and why some people feel like these bowls are meaningless. I want to talk about that. I'm curious to get your opinion. 513-749-1530 is the phone number. You can tweet at me as well, at Audiomore, A-U-T-Y-E-L-M-O-R-E. We'll take a break. We'll be back. This is Cincy 360, presented by Skyline Chili on the home of the Bengals, ESPN 1530. Now, Cincy 360 resumes. Brought to you by Safe Auto. Give us three minutes. Save up to 25% on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati's sports station. So the Brooklyn Nets get the win, and Pistons fall short once again. 118 to 112 is our final. Not a whole lot there, but that is our Windschulers call of the night from WXYT. The Pistons fall to the Brooklyn Nets despite having a double-digit first quarter lead, despite leading in the fourth quarter. Despite Cade Cunningham going off for 40 points, the second time he's done that over the course of the month of December, the Pistons have lost 27 consecutive games. 27 consecutive games. That ties the single-season record. And uh, the all-time record is 28, set by the Philadelphia 76ers a couple of years ago when they were trusting the process. They did that over the course of two years. And uh, they could have some company when uh, Detroit plays again coming up in a couple of days. That, our call of the night, brought to you by Windschulers. Shout out to our friends at Windschulers up in Detroit. Windschulers is the taste of good times. Get some Windschulers for your next tailgate. Maybe you're going to Kansas City this weekend. Maybe you are going to be at Paycor Stadium in a couple of weeks when the Bengals take on the Cleveland Browns. That is our call of the night. Hi, I'm Austin Elmore. This is Cincy 360, uh, ESPN 1530. Skyline Chili is our sponsor here in our number one. Riding solo today, no Tony Pike. Tony, hopefully, <clears throat> back tomorrow. Mo Egger coming up this afternoon, 3 to 6. I wanted to talk a little bit about college football because I feel like this, the, this weekend has kind of snuck up on us. Uh, obviously, with Christmas and everything going on, but the college football playoff uh, is on Monday. It's on, you know, it's on uh, January first, coming up this weekend. So uh, I can't believe that. I feel like it just the season just ended a couple of days ago. We had three games yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. The Quick Lane Bowl, Minnesota knocked off Detroit. You had the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl, Texas State and Rice. The Guaranteed Rate Bowl between Kansas and UNLV and Apparently, Kansas and UNLV got in a big fight in that game, and that was played at a baseball stadium. And Listen, I don't care at all about these bowls. I don't know if you do either. Like, you know, I understand that it's probably, especially if you're a UC fan or if you're a Xavier fan, like, if your team's not involved, you especially don't care about these bowls. Uh, maybe if, if UC was in one, but like, you know, I, I've come to expect and I've come to know, you know, working here and, and getting to understand UC and, and the fans a little bit that like they believe this program to be above some of these bowls and they should be. I mean, you're, you're supposed to be a 
top flight program in the Big 12, and some of these bowls are stupid and meaningless and pointless, and they don't really do anything for your program. Um, I, I just I cannot get excited about any of these. And it feels like there's two sides to this coin when it comes to these bowl games. There's people like me where I'm like, I'm, I'm angry that the game that my team is playing in doesn't count and it's pointless and the players that I've watched all season long are not really going to be playing in it and it really has no impact on the university, has no impact on the program. It means nothing in the grand scheme of things. Then there's the other side of the coin, and I think you could, you know, classify where a lot of UC fans are at on that as well, which is like, this, this doesn't mean anything for us. This doesn't, you know, these games don't matter. Like, they're even hard to gamble on because you don't know who's playing and you don't know who's coaching and all this other stuff. And the other side of it is the people that are actually directly involved. And I don't think that people like me who are saying these bowl games are meaningless. I don't think we're saying it's meaningless to the coaches or to the players or to anybody who's involved on the actual programs because the, it obviously means a lot to them. I was reading this week that you know Ohio State, some of the Ohio State players are angry that people are calling it meaningless, uh, that you know there are guys that are going to play for Ohio State this weekend that uh, are playing literally just to get some tape on film for the NFL. Like, what's that tell you about how much the game means to the coaching staff? If you're just giving guys opportunities to put tape on film for the NFL, then clearly you're not always putting the best players out there to win games. Uh, but and then there's like there seems to be this like these two sides going at one another about whether or not the bowls are meaningless. And, and I saw this tweet from Matt Barry, who is uh, an ESPN College Football Studio host. And he said in this tweet, the meaningless bowl game comment is stupid. I just met with UNC staff for Duke's Mayo Bowl. Mac Brown said it, tomorrow is for new opportunities for his young players. Guys who didn't get to play much get a chance in a bowl game in front of a family and national TV audience. That means a lot. Yes, no one is taking that away from those young players. I'm not trying to tell you that that doesn't mean a lot to them. But in the grand scheme of things, winning the Duke's Mayo Bowl does not do anything for the University of North Carolina. It does not do anything for the actual program. Yes, it's good for those young players, and they're getting that opportunity, and good for them that their players get to see one another, or that their players get to play. 100%. Cool. Good for you. Great. But, as I saw in the replies here, a perfect point. It is meaningless to the fans when the players and coaches they rooted for all year don't take part in the bowl game. And there's plenty of reasons why you don't play, take part in the bowl games. There are guys getting ready for the NFL. There are guys who don't want to risk injury. There are guys who might have better opportunities elsewhere in the transfer portal. You know, 100%. I have no problem with players sitting out bowl games. But to say that or to pretend that these bowls actually mean something beyond just the players who are playing in the game and maybe a couple of coaches, I think that's silly. And I get it. You love college football. You enjoy the bowl season. There's games on all the time. It's like March Madness for college football. I hear you. I, 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 I get it. But I'm so tired of people trying to say it's not meaningless to the players. No one's saying it is. It's meaningless in the grand scheme of things, and it's meaningless to the fans who don't care about a lot of these players or don't know who a lot of these players are. And, you know, what bragging rights or what pride do you feel about winning the quick lane bowl 
and beating Bowling Green? Or what pride do you feel about, you know, winning the Duke's Mayo Bowl other than you get to see Mac Brown dumped in mayonnaise? I just don't care. And it's so oversaturated. There's so many different games. I I mean, watching the, 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 I had it on in the TV in here yesterday, this Rice and Texas State game. Like, that's kind of interesting because it's two teams from the same state. But even then, they're playing at SMU. You can't fill that place up. Nobody's there. Nobody cares. It's a Tuesday after Christmas. There's no atmosphere whatsoever. Like, I just, I'm so turned off by the idea that this is such a great thing. The college football product in and of itself is already not very good. Like, especially when you compare it to the National Football League. And sorry, but that's what I'm going to do. Like, the college football product in and of itself is just not as good. It's hard to watch for me at times. And I know I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm probably not in the majority there. But for me, it's already difficult to watch. And then when you get guys who don't play very often or coaches who aren't used to coaching, and then you've got, you know, these atmospheres that stink and they're not at the home and they're not really playing for anything. And, and it, it, the, the bowl swag doesn't mean as much because everybody's getting paid. And like, it, it just becomes even less interesting to me. <clears throat> Maybe this is a weird soapbox for me to be on. At twelve thirty on a Wednesday, but I just the, the I just can't figure out the the uh, admiration for quote unquote bowl season at this time of the year. Let's take a break. Let's come back. Let's talk a little bit about the college football playoff because that is coming up on New Year's Day, and uh, I have some thoughts on that as well. I want to hear from you five one three seven four nine fifteen thirty. You can tweet at me as well. At Audie Elmore, A U T Y E L M O R E. And um, phone lines are going to be open all day long. We'll hear from Zach Taylor at 1 o'clock. We'll also, break down the Kansas City Chiefs a little bit, look ahead at some of the scenarios, and uh, you'll hear what uh, a former Chief had to say about Kansas City as well. I'm Austin Elmore. This is Cincy 360, brought to you by Skyline Chili on ESPN 1530. Light up the season with saving. ESPN 1530. That's right, Bengals game plan tonight as well. Dan Horde and Dave Lapham getting you set. The Bengals and the Kansas City Chiefs. That's always must-listen-to uh, stuff from Dan and Lap. They always get a good perspective. They talk to somebody from KC, uh, and it's always pretty good. So make sure you listen to that tonight, 6 to 8, right here on ESPN 1530. Phone lines are open, 513-749-1530. At Audie Elmore on Twitter, A-U-T-Y-E-L-M-O-R-E. Let's check out the rest of the college bowl schedule and primarily the New Year's Six Bowl games. Uh, This Friday, first one on the docket, number nine, Missouri against number seven, Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl. That's at 8 p.m. Talked enough about that. Saturday, December 30th, number 11, Ole Miss against number 10, Penn State. Now, this one I'm mildly interested in for two reasons. Number one, I love to see James Franklin fail. Number two, I think Lane Kiffin is one of the most interesting people in sports. It's uh, noon on Saturday. Should be a good one. That's uh, in Atlanta. Um, I'm curious about this. Do you root for the other teams in your conference to have good seasons or to perform well in bowl games? Because I know this is a popular thing down south at the – uh, at the uh, in the SEC and in some other ones, I could not. I absolutely unequivocally do not want other teams in my conference to do well. 
I will root against Michigan. I will root against Penn State. I'll root against Minnesota. I'll root against anybody uh, in conference bowl games. I, I, I've always thought that was the dumbest thing ever to root for your conference. Now, I get why it made sense with, in, you know, in the, the computer era with the BCS and all that nonsense. But even then, I thought it was stupid. I still think it's stupid now. I, I just will never understand why people do that. Uh, and then Saturday night, the Orange Bowl, number six, Georgia against number five, Florida State. Obviously a fired up Seminole team in that one. That's a four o'clock game at uh, Miami uh, at uh, the Hard Rock Stadium where the Dolphins play. Then January 1st, the Fiesta Bowl, Liberty against Oregon. <laughs> Nobody cares about that. Uh, and then January 1st, 5 p.m., the Rose Bowl game, Alabama and Michigan. Is there anything more beautiful than Pasadena, California on January the 1st with the Rose Bowl? I don't know that there is. Uh, and it's going to be beautiful to see that place covered in crimson and uh, for Roll Tide to Roll, uh, Blitz Tide Blitz, I think, is is one of the things they say. Uh, looking forward to Alabama embarrassing Jim Harbaugh and company in that one. And then uh, the All-State Sugar Bowl is Saturday night, or Monday night, I should say, at the Superdome in New Orleans, Texas against Washington. I think that'll probably be the best game of the weekend, to be honest with you. Excited about that one. And uh, I think I'm I'm pulling for the horns, I think. I think I'm going hook them and uh, hoping that we get an Alabama-Texas rematch in the college football national championship game. By the way, shout out to those in charge of the college football playoff and of the national championship game because they finally got smart and they made that game at 7.30 p.m. on Monday, January the 8th. We don't have to wait around till 9, 9.15, 9.30 to start the national championship game anymore. It starts at 7.30 because we do 17 hours of commercials uh, during the game, so the game will end around 1.30 in the morning. But it starts at 7.30 p.m. instead of the regular 9 o'clock start in the national championship game on January 8th. So definitely looking forward to to, uh, to that. Tony and I will uh, talk extensively, I'm sure, about uh, those games and the national championship game coming up next week. I feel like it snuck up on us. Like it just all of a sudden uh, the college football playoff games are here and I haven't heard much about it. Like, there hasn't been a ton of conversation. I know there's been a lot going on in the NFL, and it's obviously been Christmas. But I feel like I haven't heard much from Michigan, haven't heard much from Alabama, uh, almost nothing from uh, Washington. There's been a little bit of conversation because of Arch Manning at Texas and Malik Murphy, I think, is the quarterback that entered the portal for them. But other than that, like, there's been nothing, uh, absolutely nothing going on with those teams, which is probably how they prefer it. I'm not betting on, uh, not betting against Nick Saban after uh, all this time to prepare, especially when there's a clown on the other team in John Harbaugh. Uh, so that's your college football conversation. Uh, you know, I wonder too. <clears throat> Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With all this stuff going on, with you know everybody's complaining about NIL and... You know, we've had the conversation. Tony and I had kind of a spirited discussion last week about how, number one, I, I don't really care that much about the NIL and I don't care about how much players are making and it doesn't really bother me that much. But I am constantly hearing people complain about it 
and how it bothers them and the amount of money this and the portal that and how much it's going to affect college football. And listen, it's going to be the Wild West and it's going to be out of control for a while until there is some sort of governing body that can set restrictions on it. Like the the clip that we played the other week with Chip Kelly talking about how you need to make conferences and divisions. And, you know, Kirk Herbstreet said this years ago. Eventually, it's going to have to turn into the NFL. Whether you like it or not, it, the, the, the style of play and, and the gameplay itself is never going to reach the level of the NFL. But the model of the NFL works, and it's right there in front of them. If you can go conferences, you can go divisions, you can do whatever you got to do to make it work, make it even, kind of separate yourself from the rest of the NCAA, because the college football playoff already is independent of the NCAA. It is. They work in conjunction, but they're independent. So if you put everybody back to the way things are supposed to be in the conferences prior to that, separate football from everything else, use the giant TV contract that that will then uh, give you to funnel money to the rest of your sports and have football continue to funnel money to those sports. Plus, you're able to create that money and put that into NIL and collectives and this, that, and the other to pay players. Take away all the nonsense about the transfers. Just turn it into free agency. Let these coaches do whatever they need to do. And then you can say, okay, well, here's here's a rule about transferring. Here's a, a maximum amount of money that you can offer a kid. And whatever it might be, so that there are some ground rules. And until then, it's going to be absolutely nuts. Like, it's just going to be nuts. That's that's how it's going to be. But until you get a structure in which somebody comes in and takes control of it, whether it's Greg Sankey, who was the commissioner of the SEC for a long time, or whatever it might be, if it's just the college football playoff or CFP or whatever you want to brand it, that comes in and says, this is how we're going to do things, Get everybody on board. Get the schools on board. This is how the schedule is going to work. This is you know, the rotation. These are tent pole games that we're going to put. You know, Ohio State, Michigan, and uh, the Cotton Bowl, and and you know, Red River Showdown. Whatever it is, make it all happen, and then create from that point on rules. Get the money from the TV contracts. Funnel that down. Put all the other schools back in the original conferences they were in before the last couple of years. Everything that makes sense. And then go from there. That, I feel like, is where we're going. Don't know how exactly we're going to get there. Don't know when we're going to get there. But that's the only thing that really seems to make sense. And it's all these TV contracts in the meantime that are throwing this whole thing off. And, you know, I'm really interested to see a year from now when there's a 12-team playoff and we're getting ready for playoff games, how different it seems, how different it feels, what the conversation is like with the transfer portal leading up to those games, um, and just how different things are. I mean, the 12-team playoff is going to save some people's jobs. I think it's going to save Ryan Day's job. But I, I'm curious to see what the trickle-down effect of the 12-team playoff is and what eventually that leads to. Phone lines are open, 513-749-1530. I'm riding solo today, so i got to answer your phones during the commercial breaks. We've got somebody waiting on hold right now. going to answer that phone call. We'll talk to them when we come back. Hopefully talk to you, 513-749-1530. You can tweet at me as well, at Audie Elmore, A-U-T-Y-E-L-M-O-R-E. This is Cincy 360, brought to you by Skyline Chili on the home of the Bengals, ESPN 1530. Catch the Bengals and Chiefs. Coverage starts Sunday at... This is ESPN 1530, an iHeartRadio station. Is that your king? 
Welcome back. Cincy 360 ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. Austin Elmore with you until 3 o'clock today. Tony Pike out. T. Pike back tomorrow. Phone lines are open, 513-749-1530. About 10 minutes from right now, Zach Taylor live at the podium at Paycor Stadium for his weekly Wednesday press conference. You will hear that live right here on the home of the Bengals, ESPN 1530. But we have time now for a phone call, and we go out to Arizona where Rodney is standing by. Rodney, you're on ESPN 1530. What's up? Hey, Austin. How you doing? Who day and happy new year. Likewise, my friend. Thank you. Uh, so just a couple things. My buddies are saying that I want to know. So I'm assuming we want to, we we're rooting for the Jets tomorrow night, and we're we want the um, Texans to win the AFC South. And, and and then my second question was, if if somehow hopefully we win on Sunday, but if we lose, do we still have a chance? Or because I, there's a lot of information out there, I need you to set me straight, babe. Yeah, so basically, yes, if they lose, if the Bengals lose on Sunday, there is still a chance for them to make the playoffs. I was playing around with it this morning. They can make the seven seed, and if Buffalo is to win the uh, the AFC East, which they have uh, a game against the Patriots and a game at Miami, uh, then the Bengals could be playing uh, Buffalo in Buffalo in uh, in that game. Uh, in, in the wild card round, so it is possible, and it all comes down eventually to the AFC South. Really, uh, is what it comes down to. Um, and with are with we, are we rooting for the Texans or? Uh, you know, I, I I guess you would root for the Texans to win the South. I think that would make the most sense. I'm not entirely sure. I've run through so many different scenarios. I don't know exactly how because, it works. Because we had the tiebreaker against the Colts and. Uh, and the Jags, uh, yeah. So okay, all right. Yeah, so, so I was just because they were saying we, but the, what about Cleveland and the Jets? They're saying we want the Cleveland to win. Yeah, but I it, think if they lose, it, it really doesn't matter because you know if Baltimore wins on Sunday uh, and they play the Dolphins, basically Baltimore has to win one more game to win the AFC North, and so uh, theoretically, yes, you could root for Cleveland to lose. And then Baltimore would clinch the AFC North, and Cleveland would essentially be locked into the fifth seed. Uh, that that is certainly feasible. That wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Then they would probably have nothing to play for in in Week 18. Uh, or you know, if Baltimore wins, you're in the same situation. So the Browns may rest their starters regardless. Yeah, they could. I mean, or unless Week 18 comes down, let's say Miami beats Baltimore, Cleveland beats the Jets. Well, then. Both of those teams, Baltimore would be playing Pittsburgh uh, in, or yeah, Baltimore would be playing Pittsburgh in week week eighteen. The Bengals would be playing the Browns, so they would probably start those games at the same time. I'm assuming both one o'clock games on Sunday, meaning they're going to try to win the AFC North and get a home playoff game. So yeah, okay, so, all right, yeah. Uh, so, what, so I'm you, just, ho- I'm just hope, I'm just hoping that Pittsburgh. Baltimore doesn't rest their starters on on that last Sunday also. Right. And that's that's the scenario where you would want them, you know, kind of to be playing for something, uh, obviously. And I don't think Baltimore is going to try to let Pittsburgh, you know, if they can ruin a Mike Tomlin winning season, I would imagine they'll do so. And and so we're rooting for the Dolphins also this weekend? Uh, 
if you want the if you want the Ravens to win the division, then you'd be rooting for uh, for the Ravens. Okay. Does All right, make- buddy. Hey, thanks. Thanks a lot. Happy New Year. Yep. Thank you. It's getting confusing. There's so many different things to look at, uh, but basically it comes down to, and it's interesting now with Denver being uh, basically you know moving towards Jared Stidham and kind of giving up on their season. Uh, pretty interesting that you know that some of those games coming up. Denver plays the Chargers this week, and then they play the Chiefs, or excuse me, they play uh, the the Broncos, play the Raiders in the final week of the season. So that gets pretty interesting. But yeah, there's there's a scenario out there in which the Bengals can lose this game against Kansas City and still and and then beat the the Browns in in Week 18 and. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, still play the Bills as the seventh seed if Buffalo wins the AFC East. I know, how, I know how ridiculous it all sounds. I know how ridiculous it all sounds. But it is possible for that to happen. There's a lot of different ways it could go. Uh, either way, should be fun. Uh, I'm Austin Elmore. When we come back, Zach Taylor meets with the media, and uh, you will hear his press conference live right here on ESPN 1530. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome in. Hour number two of Cincy 360 here on ESPN 1530, the official home of the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, and uh, the head coach of the Bengals is speaking at the podium. We're going to hear from him in just a moment. Coming up later on after this, we'll have talkbacks. Mo Egger's going to join in for quick hits and locks of the night. We'll talk about the Kansas City Chiefs as well. Big Tone out sick today, hoping to be back tomorrow. And then everything should commence as normal around here on ESPN 1530. But without further ado, let's go live to Paycor Stadium where Bengals head coach Zach Taylor is meeting with the media. Focus on this game. Yeah. It's all that matters. Block out the outside. Forget about who may have won this weekend and who didn't win. Yeah, none of that, none of that matters to us right now. Just got to win. How hopeful are you that Cam can be ready to play by the weekend? What do you need to see? See how practice goes. You know, he, he's been doing all the rehab stuff, but to see him do some functional football stuff will be good. I, I, he's got a positive mindset. Went through the walkthrough today. Everything was positive there, but, you know, we just got to see him on the field. Same with Jamar. Same with Jamar. Yeah, just continue to see how the week progresses with him. Yeah, he'll continue to participate as we go through the week and just see what he can handle. How big, how big would that be to have Jamar available, uh, especially this late in the year? Uh, yeah, that would be big to have Jamar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Considering what the rivalry with the Chiefs has been, just any reaction in the in the draft room when the Chiefs call you in the third round to talk about a trade, you know, working with your biggest rival, any memory of, of that experience? No, um, no, I don't. Uh, I don't remember that situation. Did we did we trade with them? Y
Gotcha. That's probably the first time I've thought about that since the draft day. Um, no, you know, I, I think the draft's a little bit separate. You're, you're all looking to acquire players, and, you know, upstairs they handle all that. They do a great job with that. Anything you can put your finger on when, when you watch the Chiefs, why they're not the same this year as they have been in the past? You know, you still see all the explosiveness that they can have, and you see Mahomes extending plays, and you see a lot of playmakers, and they do some really good things. They've played some good good defenses. Um, so, again, we don't read too much into that. We, we know what they're capable of. We've seen it happen this season. Um, so, again, it's we always know we're going to get the best version of the teams we're playing against, and they'll be up for us. We'll be up for them, and it, it's a really good football team. You know they're they're still sitting at nine wins, which which in the conference this year is is what third or you know it's it's up there. So um, just been one of those years where everyone's just trying to find a way to win, and it doesn't matter what it looks like, you just got to find a way to to be the winner at the end. You know you always focus on the defense as a whole. You've talked about the past about like Harrison Smith and guys where you you, you have to know where they are ahead of time. Is this Chris Jones in that bucket? Yeah, it'd be good to know where Chris Jones is. He, he lines up all over, you know. So he does a good job of of moving over the course of the game. And um, you know he is he's worth every penny they're paying him. And again, they've got a really good defense. Um, Spags does a great job with those guys. They 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 seem like they're relatively healthy. You know, minus maybe safety, but um, they're doing a good job this year. Defensively, uh, it seems like a lot of teams will have really strong front and back end or strong front line. But all three position groups seem to have pretty good players with the Chiefs. There's not really many areas of weakness there, are No, no. If, if you find them, let me know. They, they've done a good job. They've limited points. Um, you know, and so, again, it's, it's a really, really good defense. There's a lot of familiarity there with, with all their players. They've been in that system. You know, minus my miss, maybe a, a guy or two up front, but for the most part, those guys have been there in the system and, and understand what they're looking for and, and do a really good job playing together. And and so again, it's just it's it's one of the top defenses in the league. You know, the concept of like in-season momentum, the game's giving you like an outcome potentially creating momentum. Is that a concept you brought? I I don't think um, I don't think that's not a thing. You know, I absolutely think uh, just like anything, you, you get into rhythm. It's more of you get into rhythm and things are working. And and um, so again, whether that's momentum or however you want to phrase it, I, I think that's that's that can be possible. I don't worry about all that. I just worry about winning this game, you know. And I feel like we've we've beat some good teams this year, and this is the next one on the docket that we've got to be at our best to be able to find a way to to win. How is coaching against Well, I, I I never really look at it like that, you know. We're we're um, playing against all of them. Uh, he does a great job. He, I think he gets the most out of his players. You, you can see that from afar. Um, so again, there, there's a lot of respect for the things that he's done, and he always does a great job getting the most out of his team. I guess Phil Sims was saying on the broadcast, and take it for what it's worth, that you can usually tell Andy Reid is calling plays that all string together, and maybe every you, yourself included, you always try to do that. But he said with Andy Reid, it's very, very uh, particular to him that if the plays aren't strung together, it, their offense doesn't efficiently you buy into that it's just you know you yeah you just you just want to get into rhythm however it's 
I don't know what their operation system is, who calls it, who how it all works. Every place is unique. No one outside our building could really communicate how we do it. And so I'm not going to speculate on, on what all that looks like. Um, I think anybody that gets into a rhythm, you, you can feel it and you can see it and good things happen. Um, beyond that, I, I don't really have much for that one. With Burrow's success and experience at Arrowhead, is he telling Jake anything about going into that environment? You, Jake would probably be better to answer that one, um, you know. But Jake's obviously been there and, and been a part of what we're doing and been on the sidelines and things like that. So uh, I think we all know what to anticipate. Does it mean that you potentially win all the games in the, the common division placing the first division? You have division leaders. This will be the third matchup. You end up beating both of the ones. I mean, you can stop that. I hadn't thought about that. Um, you know, it's it's yeah. That's how the division's stack out and that's what you play but you, you could probably look around and it's so unpredictable year to year what teams are going to rise up and so you know I know a lot of gets made of that um, and obviously you end up playing teams like Kansas City and Buffalo a lot but but there's a lot of great teams around the league that can be tough to be paired up with at, at certain times of the year maybe you're dealing with injuries at places they're strong at and so um, again I, I think if you if you if you pulled around the league all 32 teams uh Everyone, everyone's got some real strengths that you got to deal with when you play with them right now. Everyone's got weaknesses and just who can find a way to win. And and you just look at the AFC across the board and you look at all the teams still in it. And it's it's just who can figure out how to win in December and, and keep the momentum going a little bit. I think it's critical. The, the veteran leadership is critical right now at this point in the year when you go on the road for the guys that you know will bring the energy because that's a big part of it. You're going on the road and in front of fans that are going to be loud and and so you got to do everything to to bring that in with energy and guys like Mike Hilton bring that to the table and I, I think that that's um, yeah that's that is that is critical to to us taking the field and, and trying to create some momentum there. Yeah. No, I think Jake's done a good job, you know, with with cadences, and he and Ted always have good dialogue with the linemen. So I, there's no there's no communication issues that stand out, you know, other than they maybe me to him. You know, those are the types of things that we're always working through, and he's done a great job handling how I do things and and managed it really well maybe on times where if I'm late getting him a call he does a good job with urgency getting it communicated and those are certainly things we stress when we go on the road and and uh, again a lot of these guys have played in games like this in in atmospheres where it's a little difficult to hear and so they do a good job with the urgency aspect of things the Chiefs are talking about you okay do you take last week and make sure yeah, I think last week brought its own challenges, just the way that the game was playing out, and um, put ourselves in a hole, and, and you know created disadvantage to ourselves, and, and we didn't handle it great. So, um, I think we have a lot of confidence in the red zone. I, I think our our staff does a great job with the plan. The players understand it. They do a good job practicing it on Fridays, and and uh, so we can have a lot of confidence, as we call it. It stands out about the way their young players have developed on defense. Yeah, uh, they've, they've drafted well, they've developed well. Um, do a good job at the front, creating pressure, allows those guys to play aggressive, you know, on both levels behind them. 
I think they've got intelligent physical players. And so, yeah, there, there's there's young players, there's old players mixed in there. And, again, they've had continuity in the system. Spags has been there a number of years. And so kind of like Lou, you get a chance to evolve and, and develop guys. And um, you can see those guys all, all playing at a high level, all with a lot of confidence. They don't give up many points. They don't make things easy for you. They make it difficult. Okay, thank you. That is Bengals head coach Zach Taylor at the podium earlier today meeting with the media. And uh, of note there, he did say Camp Taylor-Britt participated in walkthrough, and uh, we'll see how things go over the course of the week. Uh, Zach said everything looks positive, and the same for Jamar. Did say that Jamar participated in walkthrough and will continue to participate as we go through the week. If you remember, he did call Jamar day-to-day last week. He never ended up practicing with that separated shoulder. Uh, I would be surprised, just me personally, I would be surprised if Jamar plays on Sunday. Number one, I think it's it's uh, pretty tough to come back from that injury that quickly. Number two, Jamar is not going to play if he's not 100%. He's made that very obvious, not only with himself. He did it last year with the hip, but also when we talked about Joe Burrow earlier this year as well. And the Burrow part brings me to a, a question I have for you for talkbacks and for hour number three, which is, Go back to January 29th of this year. The Bengals lose in the AFC Championship game to Kansas City. From that point until where we are now, it has been very much an up and down for this team. From the combine to the draft to OTAs and free agency and uh, training camp to the Burrow injury to the win streak to the Jake Browning to where we are now. If you could go back and change one thing, one thing and one thing only, about what happened from January 29th to now, what would you change? We'll take your phone calls on that in hour number three at 513-749-1530. We'll take your talkbacks on it as well coming up in just a moment. You can tweet at me as well, by the way, at Audie Elmore, A-U-T-Y-E-L-M-O. R-E. Talkbacks are next on the home of the Bengals, ESPN 1530. This is the Bengals and Chiefs. Coverage starts Sunday at noon on ESPN 1530, the official home of the Bengals. Cincy 360 carries on on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. It's that time for Talkbacks. Press the microphone and record your message for Austin and Tone. Please keep it clean and don't be mean. Add a sprinkle, sprinkle, drip, drip. Yeah. It's that time for talkbacks. Okay. It's our favorite part of Cincy 360. Austin, buddy, play that talkback on your screen and please try not to sabotage it. Do, do. Welcome back. Cincy 360, ESPN 1530. I'm Austin Elmore in for Tony Pike today. Big Tone out sick today, hopefully back tomorrow. And we'll continue as regularly scheduled programming throughout the rest of the week. Coming up 3 to 6 this afternoon, Moe's Happy Hour at the Moorline Logger House down at the Banks. We'll talk to Mo around 2.45 for quick hits and locks of the night. Tonight, 6 to 8, the Bengals game plan show. Dan Horde and Dave Lapham will get you set for the Bengals and Kansas City Chiefs as well. That is what to expect as we move forward over the course of the day here on ESPN fifteen thirty, let's go to talkbacks. You can leave a talkback iHeartRadio app. Search ESPN fifteen thirty. Tap that little microphone. 
record a 30-second message, and send it to us. We'll play it on the air. This is the former talkback commentator. <laughs> and in case you forgot about John Morant shooting off 40 falls in the back of a Ford, yes. he is still a quality performer in the fourth quarter. Yeah, He reminds me of the Denver Nuggets in the playoffs with the Joker and Michael Porter Jr. with his clutch play in the fourth quarter as a performer. <laughs> John Morant, in his return from his extent, uh, suspension, has been absolutely fabulous for the Memphis Grizzlies. Averaging like 30 a game. They won three games. He you know, did a little celebration that some people thought involved a weapon last night, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, one thing... One thing I would change is I would have Jake Browning start the season mm. for the first four games and let Joe Burrow heal his calf. So maybe we could get a couple of wins in the first four weeks of the season. Yeah, you know, that's that's a good way to, to start. I would imagine there's there's more people that feel that way. Hindsight, obviously, is twenty twenty. Uh, obviously, the way that Browning has performed is better than anyone really expected. We think back to the beginning of the season when – we kept having that conversation over and over again. He shouldn't be playing or he should be playing. Well, if he is playing, that goes to show you just how much they don't believe in Jake Browning. And Tony was at training camp every day and talking about how Jake Browning didn't look very good while Burrow was out and this, that, and the other. Well, come to find out, maybe Browning was good enough. Now, who's to say in the first few weeks of the season if he would have played that well? Uh, I don't know. Who's to say Burrow would have been as likely to help him if Burrow felt like he should have been playing? I don't know. Either way, uh, that's certainly something that would have been nice to change. What's going on, Austin Elmore? You're doing a fine job, young man. Kevin and Northern Kentucky here. Hope you're getting better. Hope the Pike household gets better soon. And I hope the Bengals get better and win this weekend, get back in that playoff race, and at the very least, make it a winning season. So have a good one, everybody, and always remember, who day? Kevin in Northern Kentucky, thank you very much. Thank you for the well wishes and the kind words. And uh, I'm right there with you. Let's get right this weekend. DJ hitting an all-time low. I will try to keep it afloat. Yeah. Blue-collar Austin holding down the fort. Appreciate you. Tony, I hope him and his family feel better. Yeah, college sports is a disaster. When I was a kid, there was like 14 bowl games. They were all great. NIL was ridiculous. College sports is just taking a hit. Yeah, uh, I, I'm right there with you. I mean, it's just, especially college football, it's just not the same. I mean, I maybe I'm, I know I feel like I'm alone in this. I'm not a huge college basketball fan in terms of the play on the court. Like, the atmosphere is great. The fans are great. March Madness is awesome. I love that. But, like, everything up until then, I'm just like, eh, whatever. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I was talking with somebody the other day, and they're like, you know, this was all a lot better when it was, you know, hidden duffel bags and stuff in mailboxes full of money instead of, everybody knowing who gets what. I kind of agree with them. Pretty easy playoff scenario for the Bengals. Got to win two games. Hope the Steelers lose one and the Texans lose one. That's the easiest path. That happens. Bengals are playoff bound. Let's go. Who day? That's right. That really is, is what it comes down to. You, know, you got to win as many games as you can, uh, but it is what it is. Hey, Audi. Really? This is Talkback Matters guy. The thing I would change is Frank Pollock's got to go. Ooh. Our offensive line, they're just not coached right. I mean, come on. This is some fiery shit. You know what I'm saying? Some fiery. So anyway, 
that would get I would get rid of him. And then the other thing is, is every game they're playing is a playoff game. They got smacked in the mouth last week. They're going to get the same this week. Let's just go for next year. Uh, I mean, I don't think they'll get smacked in the mouth right now. I mean, you could make the argument that offensively, Kansas City is worse than Pittsburgh at the moment. Defensively, they're probably about the same, so that would create some questions and some concern. I don't think, I don't think they'll get smacked in the mouth this week. Um, but Frank Pollock going? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's an interesting. I didn't expect that to be one of the uh, the things you would change. Hey, Audie. Captain back with the Double Dip here. What would I change? I would probably change Bench and Joe the first two weeks of the season just to make sure he was good and healthy and let Jake Browning play, especially after what we know now. But that's all hindsight. Who that? Yeah, there you go. Kevin gets it. I appreciate that. Uh, got a tweet here. From my dad, one thing I would have changed, I would not have let both Bates and Bell leave, would have kept one of them. You know, he kind of reads my mind. That's kind of the direction I was thinking on going uh, in the um, in the beginning of the third hour as well. So uh, you can tweet me at Audie Elmore, A-U-T-Y-E-L-M-O-R-E. What's up, Mr. Other Mo from the Talk Back Capital of the World, Mount Healthy. What up? I think it's been understated that Lou has been getting outcoached this year from a scheme standpoint. He's being dictated to and not doing a lot of dictating. Um, like they say, everybody eventually plays to the back of their baseball slash football card. And I think that's happened to Brownie. Um, he's a career backup quarterback. So last game uh, shouldn't have been a surprise. Mo out. Yeah, I don't know if it was necessarily a surprise. Uh you can't play to the back of your your football card if you don't know what the back of your football card is. He's never started a game in the NFL until a couple of weeks ago. He had never gotten the opportunity to play in an NFL game until week 1 at the end of that debacle in Cleveland. So it's hard to say what his, you know, back of the the football card actually was if if he's never played. That's why there was so much hoopla around it because, like, oh, wait, what if this guy actually is something good? Nobody's had the chance to see that. You're right. No, he's been with a couple of teams. He's been in practice, has never taken a starting job. I hear you. Former President Ronald Reagan here. And, well, the only thing I would have changed this year for the Bengals would be to stop putting Burrow in the shotgun formation, have him under center, and utilize the running game. And we'll, we've seen what it's done the last several weeks under Browning. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. It is get away from that quicker. I don't know how much of it was Burrow really can't move. Uh, I don't know how much of it is that's what Burrow likes to do. Again, going into the offseason, Mo, Mo, I think, put it best. That is the question of the offseason is how can you marry what Browning did well and how the offense is supposed to look with what Burrow does well and, you know, make this offense more efficient. I mean, think back to the San Francisco game. I know I reference it all the time, 
But the San Francisco game, they did a lot of the things that you are seeing now with Browning or that you've seen with Browning over the course of the three-game win streak. They were under center. They were play action. They created opportunities, set up plays on the outside. They went deep with Jamar Chase. They did everything that they're supposed to do. And that was the best offensive performance of the season by far. And uh, I'm right there with you. Change the uh, the the shotgun formation, go under center, utilize the running game, help the offensive line, seem to help uh, a lot of different things out. Hey, Austin, uh, Jeff and Indy on this one. That's a great question, man. I think about this all the time. And uh, as much as it pains me to say, I would have paid Jesse Bates. The guy's making a play every single week, playing at an all-pro level. Uh, I know it wouldn't stop our stuff in the in the run game, but imagine him on the back end of the defense with Dax Hill instead of what's going on right now, even though Dax hasn't been that great. Yeah, you know, the thing about Dax, and, and I agree with you, I, I think that's the direction I'm leaning to, and we got a tweet here from uh, from Michael Boston who says he would sign Jesse Bates as well. He said losing both safeties has been brutal. Yeah, so, like, the thing about Dax Hill, do you remember in the preseason – when they're playing these games and Dax Hill is making these plays and he's just jumping off the screen, like you're seeing his speed. You think back to that first preseason game against the Packers in which Dax Hill chases down a ball from one hash to the other number, gets it knocked out, like just unbelievable plays where you're like, okay, maybe the Bengals have something in this guy. He's got elite speed. I can't think of a play just that Dax Hill has made since. Like there, there might have been a tackle for loss early in the season where he kind of exploded, made a couple of nice tackles in the run game early on. He dropped the interception in Jacksonville. He's not been great in coverage. Like the guy that was all over the place in training camp, all over the place in the preseason, I feel like he hasn't made a single splash play yet this year. Where has Dax Hill gone? And to go back to the previous talk back, is that a Luana Rumo issue? Is Luana Rumo not able to? Number two, I think it's a two-part question. Is Lou Anarumo not using Dax Hill, Dax Hill correctly? Question mark. Or is the inexperience and the inability of the other safety in Jordan Battle and the Nick Scott conundrum that we had for a little while forcing Lou Anarumo to be more conservative with Dax Hill? Are you not allowing Dax Hill to kind of be that free runner that we saw Jesse Bates be because you have other problems to address with the battle and Scott problem. Is that is that part of the equation as well? That I, I would like to know. Hey, Austin. Thanks for holding it down. Uh, I seem to remember you coming in when you were sick. Um, I'll have to give Tony some crap about that when he gets back. Uh, I got a start bench cut for you. Uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, or New Year's? Uh, thank you. Yeah, some of us are just built different, and uh, Tone's a bit of a softy. Uh, I'd say that to his face, uh, messing with you. Um, uh, I'll start Thanksgiving. Football and food doesn't get better. I'll bench New Year's just because I like the new beginnings and uh, I like you know the parties and all that. And uh, I'll cut Christmas. I think I'm going to go with that. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's take a break. Let's come back. Thank you to the talkbackers. If we have time, we'll try to get to some more. Uh, but yeah, I'm curious about that conversation. I'm curious about what is the one thing you would change. I'm also curious to know. And we can get into this in hour three as well. What's the one thing that went right? What was your favorite part of this season? I'm not trying to be negative all the time. What was a good thing? What's been a positive from this season uh, that you you would enjoy? 
These are all questions we can answer. Phone lines are open, 513-749-1530. Tweet at me as well, at Audie Elmore, A-U-T-Y-E-L-M-O-R-E. This is the official home of the Bengals. You're listening to Cincy 360 on ESPN 1530. We're coming to the end of the pre-New Year's edition of Moe's Happy Hour today at the Moorline Logger House. Join us for a live broadcast starting at 3.05 on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. Welcome back, Cincy 360, ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. Austin Elmore with you until 3 o'clock. Phone lines are open, rest of the show, 513-749-1530. We just finished up talkbacks and uh, taking your calls on what your do-overs would be this year when it comes to the Cincinnati Bengals. Maybe we can expand that to Cincinnati Sports. What would your do-overs be for uh, Cincy Sports this year? And uh, let's go to Batavia, where James is standing by. James, you're on ESPN 1530. What's up? Hey, Audie. How are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Oh, I'm hanging in there. Enjoying my time off. Good. So, I know one thing I would change, and somebody already stole it, but, you know, Frank Pollock's got to go, man. I, I They just seem unprepared. Um, even in the past, when they weren't even very good offensive linemen, we struggled. It just seemed very, very unprepared. And, you know, I, and I just, it just shows. Um, and I also think that we should have kept Jesse Bates or Von Bell, one of the two. That is so, it's just so obvious right now that that's something that should have happened. <clears throat> and, you know, I do understand, you know, you know, we got, they're younger. I get that. And they're going through growing pains. But I kind of feel like you kind of got to mix that up 50 50 and not. You know, too much youth might not be a good thing. So, yeah, just I'll hang up and hear your thoughts. Well, well, let me ask, James, before you hang up, let me ask you. You got to pick one. Frank Pollock goes or the safeties go? Which one? Oh, Frank Pollock's got to go. More than anybody else, you're saying Frank Pollock has been the biggest issue. Absolutely. Okay, interesting. Hey, I'm, I'm a little surprised, James. Thank you for the phone call. I'm a little surprised to hear the Frank Pollock vitriol. And all the things that you could change from January 29th to now, you are picking Frank Pollock. I don't know how much Frank Pollock is to blame for the issues that this team has had. Sure, he is to blame for some of it, absolutely. Between you know him being the run game coordinator and the offensive line coach, and there appears to be regression, uh, in both of those departments, when it comes to Cordell Volson, when it comes to the run game, when it comes to this, that, and the other, there are clearly issues at that that part of the offense. Has that then been bit? I'm going to try to figure out how to talk here. Hold on. Three, two. Has that been the biggest issue for the offense? I don't know. I'm surprised to hear the Frank Pollock answer. Interesting. Uh, we have another caller who is calling in, and uh, I don't know this person's name. But I'm going to take the phone call because this is what we do when I ride solo. Caller, if you can hear my voice, you are on the air. What is your name and what do you got? Hi, my name's Kevin from Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Kevin, what do you got, uh, brother? Here's my, here's my big thing. Um, I believe that if we can redo Joe Burrow sitting out the first three games, um, you know, we opened up with the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens, two of the best defenses in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think, uh, I think it's kind of an, I think if I could reset that, I would sit him out for sitting for the first couple of three games. 
Yeah, that that seems to me like the the easiest answer that might make the most sense, especially when you think about he retweaked that calf against Baltimore. Played pretty good up until the end, but retweaked it and set him back again for a couple weeks. Exactly, and the key is, at, you know, when you're playing those two teams, you're playing against the most physical two of uh, the most physical teams in the NFL, and you're playing injured and. Mm-hmm. and and so I, I, that would be my reset. And thanks for taking my call, man. I appreciate it. Kevin, thanks for calling. And, and I think that you put even more value on that when you look at the situation they're in right now. They're 0-5 in the division. 0-5 <laughs> in the division. So something obviously has to change. And you've got to put more value on that. We had the whole division conversation last week, right? Or yesterday, actually, about how this team has struggled. Zach Taylor's 10-20 and 20 against the AFC North in his career. This season, the Bengals are a much, much worse team against their division than anybody else. So something has to be, something has to change. Something has to be adjusted in the way that you coach and the way that you prepare for these division games. So on my tracker here, from what I've written down, three votes for Browning to start the first, okay, let's say month of the season. Uh, two votes for Frank Pollock to be fired. Uh, one vote for offensive formational changes, I guess offensive philosophy change. And three votes for Jesse Bates and Von Bell. I want to know what you would change. From January 29th, the final whistle, whistle when the Bengals lose in the AFC Championship game, to now. What would be your do-over, your mulligan for 2023 with the Cincinnati Bengals? Or maybe it's elsewhere in Cincinnati sports. Or... What went right? What was your favorite part of this tumultuous up-and-down season up until this point as we recap the 2023 year? I'm Austin Elmore in for Tony Pike. Big Tone back tomorrow. And uh, hope he's feeling better. Hope his family's feeling better. Everybody and their brother appears to be sick right now. And uh, that's unfortunate. I hope everybody feels better. More ahead. Cincy 360 ESPN 1530. This Musketeer Minute is presented by CTI Clinical Trial and Consulting. I'm Joe Sunderman along with Byron Larkin. And Byron, it's late December. We're moving into January. Uh, Big East play has started for the Xavier Musketeers. And it's always interesting to watch how the coaches treat the freshmen or actually change how they treat the freshmen about this time of the season. Yeah, they're, they're whispering in the ears of the freshmen like, hey, you are not a freshman anymore. You're a sophomore. You played 11 games. You've been through over 50 practices, uh, 11 games not including the games in, uh, in the Bahamas from the summer. So uh, that's three more games underneath their belt. So, yeah, they're experienced guys, and, and that's what's expected out of the coaches at this point. Well, it's almost the mistakes they were making early. It's a teaching experience. This is what you got to do. You make those mistakes in December or January. It's like, you know, you do that, you're not going to play. And until you stop doing that, you're not going to play. At first, the coaches say, hey, you don't know what you're supposed to do. Now, you know what you're supposed to do. It's up to you to do it. It's about execution at this point. ESPN 1530. Xavier fans, this is Joe Sunderman, voice of the Xavier Musketeers. Just like our musketeers, our friends at CTI Clinical Trial and Consulting are always looking for new talent to add to their team. They even have a program specifically designed for recent graduates. If you'd like to work with a group of people on life-changing therapies to help patients around the world, CTI is the team for you. 
To learn more, visit ctifacts.com. Continues on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. Welcome back, ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. I'm Austin Elmore with you until 3 o'clock this afternoon. One hour to go. Mo Egger will join us from the Moorline Logger House for Mo's Happy Hour coming up at uh, 2.45-ish this afternoon. Also, locks of the night. He will be delivering those in case you missed them. Uh, Mo and James joined us yesterday. Quick hits and locks of the night. All you may have missed on ESPN1530.com. Search Cincy 360. Search Mo. Click on podcast. You'll find everything you need. iHeartRadio app as well. Tony, Mo, and I also did the 2023 Sports Talk Year in Review for uh, Christmas time on 700 WLW. And uh, that's up on Mo's page as well. Uh, go and check it out. Great times with Tony and Mo. We recorded last week prior to the Bengals game. But, you know, that's when we were still all very happy and joyful. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Your do-over, your mulligan. One thing you'd change this year about the Bengals. Let's go to, uh, or about anything, really, at this point. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's go to Timmy on the west side. Timmy, what's up? What's going on? How you doing? I'm good. Um, I would probably uh, not draft Brad Robbins. I mean, with our defense being a bend but don't break, this dude does not give us much room to bend at all before we break. You know, that's and then that sets our inconsistent offense up in bad positions sometimes when, you know, it's just awesome more games than it's talked about. You know, that's an interesting point, Timmy. I did not give that much thought, but there's an old saying out there. And it goes like this. It goes special teams, special teams, special teams. You might be onto something. Yeah, that's my thought. That dude's a bum and makes me cringe every time he's <laughs> up on the field. I'm like, let's go for it. He played okay against Pittsburgh. He was okay. Yeah, well. You know what they say about blind squirrels, huh? They, they, every once in a while, they find one, you know? <laughs> Timmy, thank you. Your vote has been recorded. Have fun over there on the west side. All right. Brad Robbins gets a vote. Didn't think about that. That's right. Complimentary football. There's an old saying out there as well. How do you make the team? Special teams. How do you make the team better? Special teams. Uh, let's go to Dave in Indiana. Dave, you're on ESPN 1530. What's up? Hey, Austin. It's your uh, Cyclones guy. That's right. So I've got one do-over that I would do. Okay. Um, it, was, it was your birthday. You went down <laughs> to the Reds game, had some had some beers uh-huh. and i came down to meet you guys face to face so as i was up at the bar meeting you guys matt mcclain hit his first home run and it landed in my seat <laughs> so that would be my do-over oh, would be to no. wait a couple innings to meet you guys because i probably would have had my picture and a signed bat from matt mcclain so you know it, it just happens oh, it is what it is i forgot all about that man that was yeah. that night's a little foggy to me but i do remember matt mcclain hitting that home run 
In my seat. Right yeah, I, in I your was seat. a little foggy the way you were dumping them. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, thank you for the phone call, man. That's a tough one. Dave in Indiana checking in. Matt McLean, first career home run. That just reminded me. Do you remember all the all the hoopla around the kid who caught Ellie De La Cruz's first career homer? And he took care of, of all of his homies, too, all of his bros. He got the picture with Ellie, got the signed stuff. Man, I forgot all about that. That was a good time. Uh, in uh, in this uh, strange year of Cincinnati sports. We'll keep the phone calls coming, 513-749-1530. Your favorite part of the Bengals season, the one thing you would change about the Bengals season, or the one thing you would change about Cincy sports. Maybe it could be like uh, like Dave there, where you, uh, you missed out on Matt McClain's first career homer. I don't know. 513-749-1530. You can tweet at me as well, at Audie Elmore, A-U-T-Y-E-L-M-O-R-E. I'm Austin Elmore, and this is Cincy 360 on the home of the Bengals, ESPN 1530. ESPN. This is Cincy Shirts, Cincy 360, about Cincinnati, from Cincinnati. Sponsored in part by Cincy Shirts. Cincy Shirts, all Cincy, all day. This is ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. Yes, indeed it is. Hi, hello, and welcome in. Hour number three, Cincy 360. ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. My name is Austin Elmore with you for another hour. Mo Egger, about 40 minutes from right now. And uh, he's got 3 to 6 this afternoon. Bengals game plan after that, 6 to 8 tonight. We've got you covered up until 8 o'clock here on ESPN 1530. Uh, We'll get into the Kansas City Chiefs in just a few minutes about uh, what's going on there, what Pat McAfee had to say, and what the human joystick uh, Dante Hall had to say about the problems facing the Kansas City Chiefs. A quick practice update. We heard from Zach Taylor earlier. He said that Jamar Chase would uh, continue to participate and walk through and as much as he can to see how he feels. Jamar does not appear to be practicing today. He is in sweatpants and a sweatshirt. He is stretching with the team but is now working on the rehab field. So it does not look like Jamar Chase will practice today. I don't know that that really comes as a surprise to anybody, but that is the latest. Also in the NFL, the Denver Broncos are benching quarterback Russell Wilson, and uh, they're on the hook for about $39 million worth that uh, would be guaranteed to him if he gets injured. So this basically is the the sign that the Denver Broncos are going to move on from Russell Wilson or at least have the ability to do so coming up this offseason when that comes due in March. So there is that in terms of the National Football League. Uh, No other news uh, really elsewhere other than uh, the Detroit Pistons have tied the NBA single-season record for consecutive losses with 27. Uh, The all-time record is 28 over the course of two years from the Philadelphia 76ers, and uh, I would imagine that record is in jeopardy with as bad as Detroit is. Taking your phone calls on your do-overs. The one thing you would change about the Bengals or Cincinnati sports this year, 513-749-1530 is the phone number. You can tweet at me as well, at Audie Elmore, A-U-T-Y-E-L-M-O-R-E. Got a tweet here from Mark Johnson. He said, one thing I feel like has gone right this season is that Jonah Williams has done better at right tackle. That's a good observation, Mark. I, I tend to agree with you. I've been very impressed Very pleased with what uh, Jonah Williams has been able to do at the right tackle position. He hasn't been perfect. Nobody on that line has been, but he's been solid. You haven't been, you know, yelling at uh, at at Jonah Williams like you did with 
Gosh, what was that bum's name that used to play? Billy, what was it, uh, Hart? What was that guy's name? I, I deleted that guy out of my my memory. Uh, that guy and uh, any of the other, Kakima Denigy and those torpid guys, you're not yelling at the TV screen like you uh, you did with those guys. Uh, Bobby Hart, that was his name. Uh, let's go to Richard, who's standing by. Richard, you're on ESPN 1530. What's up? Hey, Audie, I wanted to wish everyone a happy new year and merry belated Christmas to everyone. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you, Richard. Um, the one thing that I regret is the Houston Texans game, Houston Texans game, where Joe Burrow had six minutes left, and we were trailing maybe what like seven points, and Joe Burrow threw that interception in the fourth quarter, uh-huh. and then everyone in the stadium thought that the game was over. Yeah, and then the fans were filing out of the stadium, and I myself was one of those fans that <laughs> filed out of the stadium. I had my headphones on while I was walking to my car, and then I heard Cam Taylor Britt interception <laughs> in the ten yard line, and then Joe Burrow throws like a touchdown, and yeah. Joe Mixon punches in the end zone, and then that made me feel like you know, like I gave up on the Bengals too yeah. early. Yeah, made you feel like um, a bad fan, probably. I, you know, like. Getting to these games is, like, not easy. Like, getting right. into the stadium, leaving the stadium is, like, not easy. Oh, it's awful. But, but like, I feel that I gave up too early, though, because, okay. you know, they ended up tying tying the game up and taking it overtime. Right. And then as I was listening to the game, like, we still had a chance to win. Mm-hmm. And the only thing is, like, uh, the Tyler Boyd, like, drop. Yep. But that isn't all, all on Tyler Boyd. That's, like, on me, too, as a fan because I gave up way too early. And maybe if I was there to, like, to support them, like, maybe they could have had that, like, more motivation to, like, hold on to the ball, you know? Or, like, <laughs> encouragement to hold on to the ball. That's, and, that's, like, that's an interesting perspective, Richard. Thank you for the phone call. Thank you for the uh, the kind words. Yeah. You know, the, the, the Tyler Boyd drop is one of those moments that you'll be looking back on this year wondering how could things have been different. I mean, how different would things be if Tyler Boyd catches that football uh, in that game? Right now, the Bengals are in the playoffs. It's crazy to think how different things would be uh, if not for those moments. But, Richard, thank you for the phone call. Good thing for Richard. He wasn't alone. I was at that game. Everybody left. Like, so many people left. Uh, And I was glad that I stuck around for that. I was glad I stuck around for the Vikings game as well. Uh, Let's go to Mike in L.A. Mike, you're on ESPN 1530. What's up? Feliz Navidad, muchacho. Hola, mi amigo. <laughs> I love it. Love it when you speak that Spanish, you big breath for you. Uh, uh, my thing, I would have... Well, I got a question for you. Uh-huh. Will we see a lot more of Mr. Brown at the running back in the next two games or not now? Uh, I would assume that you will. I don't see why you wouldn't. I, I was disappointed he didn't get as much time as I thought he should have gotten against Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's what I thought, Austin. I just every I know Zach Taylor is a good guy, and I know he knows a lot about football. And, and that that leads to my next question: is Is there really how many teams have an offensive coordinator that really don't call the plays? I, I just don't understand the point of the OC then. Yeah, I mean, there's a few of those. I mean, like Andy Reid calls the plays for the Chiefs, and he's not the offensive coordinator technically. Uh, I think uh, Jonathan Gannon 
or uh, one of the, Shane Steichen, I think it is for for the Colts, does the same thing. I mean, there's there are those guys. I I, I don't know what the best way to define what the offensive coordinator does. And I, I don't know how to to say it the right way without not screwing it up. Um, other than you know, you install the offense, you come up with you know concepts and all this other stuff. The actual basis of how the offense is built, you just don't call the plays. Okay, so I'm still confused. <laughs> but that's, that's not your fault because I don't know that anybody could give a very cogent answer on that question. Um, <clears throat> here's my next one. I, I'm getting to the point where I think the importance of the left tackle is approaching the importance of the quarterback. And here's an example. When I see Trent Williams go down with the Niners, now they've lost some other games, but when he's hurt, they lose. Mm-hmm. When 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 Teron Smith's hurt for the Cowboys, they lose. When Staley's hurt for the Orioles, or the Orioles, the Ravens, mm-hmm. they have problems. So I'm beginning to think that left tackle is almost as important as quarterback. Yeah, I mean it gives the quarterback a lot of peace of mind, and and if you are beaten up on a left tackle, then it can change your entire offense. I mean, think back to the Bengals Colts game; their left tackle was out. Trey Hendrickson had a field day. And and the Colts really couldn't do all, anything offensively. So, yeah, I, I think it's it's right there. I mean, the Bengals dominated the 49ers when they were without Trent Williams. So, yeah, it's a, it's an incredibly popular, or incredibly important position. And they're saying that this year is the year, and quite a few years for left tackles and even even right tackles. So, I don't know if the Bengals would be thinking in those terms, but. Uh, I just wanted to run it by you, brother, and thanks for filling in for Tone Tone. I hope you and Meredith and the kids are feeling better. Austin, you're the blue collar. You're the man. Take care. <laughs> Mike, thank you. Good to hear your voice. Mike in L.A. Phone lines open, 513-749-1530. Tweet at me as well, at Audie Elmore, A-U-T-Y-E-L-M-O-R-E. Let's get to uh, some Kansas City Chiefs conversation. Earlier this morning on Good Morning Football, uh, they were talking about the Chiefs, and they had Dante Hall on, the former wide receiver, one of the great players in Chiefs history, the human joystick, as he was known for a while, one of the most electric players in the National Football League. And they brought him on, and they were talking about the Chiefs, and they were asking him about you know, where this team is at. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And, you know, what has gone wrong to this point? Yeah, they're 9-6. and six. They haven't clinched a playoff spot. They're still in first place in the AFC West. They just got bullied by the Raiders. Their offense is in shambles. Travis Kelsey is throwing helmets. Patrick Mahomes is screaming at his teammates. How did the Chiefs get here? I thought the interesting and I thought the answer from Dante Hall and the conversation afterward on Good Morning Football was interesting. I think it starts at the top mm. with Matt Nagy. Mm. I don't really know the guy, so this is all speculation. But what I do know is this: when Eric Bieniemy was there, we didn't have 
this lack of discipline. We didn't have guys not lining up. We didn't have guys dropping a league-leading 25 passes. We had none of this. So is it Nagy? Is it the enemy? I don't know. But I would like to start there. Starts at the top, right? You're the offensive coordinator. You, besides Juju uh, Smith, Sue Smith leaving, are the only change in this Super Bowl winning offense. Mm. So it must be you. Get these guys in order. Secondly, Patrick Mahomes, I love you. You're my favorite quarterback. But I think you need to fall in love with the mundane. Yes, for five years we have been used to the big plays of Tyreek, to Kelsey, and all of that. It's time to be check down Tom Brady. <laughs> fall in love with the swing route, the check downs. These plays have been there for the taking, and that's pretty much what we need to get back to, right? Check down. When it's there, take it. Don't look for the big play. Let's get a rhythm. If it's a five-yard check down, throw it to him. And then the last thing I'll end on this. Body language is everything. When you are screaming and yelling at your players, that permeates negatively. When you have what you have had in the first five years, that poker face, we know we're going to win this in the end, that permeates positively. Get back to being positive and not so, you know, ah. On the sideline with your guys. You're at home on Christmas Day, obviously a Chiefs legend, and you're watching Kelsey throw his helmet in the home, screaming at the lineman, and then not giving a pat on the back, but screaming at the lineman, and then moving on to the next. You, you know what I thought about? Yeah. It's like my little kids running around here on Christmas Day. We've got your Christmas tree full of presents, and you're acting like spoiled little brats. <laughs> These guys know I love them. So as a friend, as a brother, I have to call you out. This is not a good look. I'm trying. I'm watching the game with my kids. My daughter loves Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. And you're acting like that? Come on, guys. Be better, and I think the team would be better. A couple weeks ago, we saw Patrick Mahomes really begin this behavior that we had not seen from him before at the end of the game with the call that was not a call, and then he had to walk it back a little bit a couple days later. Do you find that this body language maybe started then with him, just his frustrations and everything that's come out this I'm going to be honest. I watch a lot of sports shows. I watch you guys a lot of shows. I felt like the first 13 weeks, he was trying to protect his guys, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everyone knew what the issue was, and he was trying to protect his guys. And then the media starts saying, no, call these guys out. I can't say for sure, only he knows, but it seems like as the chirps got louder for him to call these guys out, he started calling these guys mm -hmm. out. That's some pretty good stuff from Dante Hall. Number one, let's start with, with how he goes through with, with Matt Nagy. I can't remember anybody, and I don't listen to Kansas City Chiefs Sports Talk Radio, and I, I don't watch their TV shows, but I haven't heard a lot about Matt Nagy on a national level uh, about the issues that he might be causing with that offense. We talk, we heard so much about how it was all Andy Reid. Well, once Eric Bieniemy left, it's been terrible. And they won a Super Bowl without Tyreek Hill. And Juju Smith-Schuster is not that big of an impact player that – Everything should be different with him being out. Sure, they could probably use his consistency and a little bit of his reliability, but Matt Nagy, who failed miserably in Chicago and made a fool out of himself as the head coach there, comes back to Kansas City with his, his tail between his legs and has not been good as the offensive coordinator in his next opportunity there. So that's something to keep an eye out on. Uh, then you look at uh, at Patrick Mahomes and all the stuff that Dante Hall was talking about with Mahomes. I couldn't help but think of Joe Burrow, where for years or for <laughs> I guess not for years, but for the last couple of years, we've grown frustrated with Burrow being OK with the check down with them, not him, not trying to force the ball down the field with less explosive plays with him getting the ball out of his hands so quickly. And. I think you kind of lose 
sight of how important that can be to just getting an offense going. Where you, you take the two yards, you take the four yards, you get a couple of completions, you start moving the offense in the right direction, you put the defense back on their heels, you get them in a third and short situation. And then on top of that, him being demonstrative and angry and throwing a fit and losing his marbles, you ever see Joe Burrow do that? No. Burrow always has the same expression and just breeds confidence in everybody around him. Now, I know that Burrow isn't playing this weekend, and Burrow's not going to play the rest of the year, and this isn't a, a Mahomes versus Burrow debate. But there are legitimate questions about Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes right now, and where is the magic that this team seems to have had for the last several years? Why is it now all of a sudden gone? And Mahomes is struggling. He is just as much struggling as anybody else. Watching him on Christmas, that does not look like the Patrick Mahomes uh, that we're used to seeing. You hear Dave Lapham all the time, and I guarantee Dave will say it tonight on the Game Plan Show. Master the mundane. And that's what Dante Hall is calling for the Kansas City Chiefs to do. Just check the ball down. Get something going. Get some positive yards. Uh, Tony talked a couple of weeks ago. When Jake Browning comes in the game and they just go short completion, short completion, short completion, short completion, and the amount of confidence that get, that gives your quarterback to see the ball leave your hand and it gets completed, that would work the same way. Patrick Mahomes doesn't need confidence. He, he believes in his ability. That would work the same way with the wide receivers in Kansas City who desperately need the confidence. So if I'm the Bengals, and, and I heard Mo and James talking about this yesterday, there was so much conversation about George Pickens last week and how this dude was ready to you know, quit on his team and he's like fitting to explode and he's a locker room problem and this, that, and the other. And on the first drive of the game for Pittsburgh, he takes it 80 yards to the house. They let him off the hook because of the two long touchdowns he had against them, the great play at the end of the game that basically sealed it for him. They let him off the hook. They could have exploded that franchise. Things could have, it could have gotten so bad so quickly. You can't let Kansas City off the hook. Mahomes throwing his helmet like, or uh, Travis Kelsey throwing his helmet like a child. Him getting into it with Andy Reid on the sideline and Andy sitting him down for a couple of plays. Mahomes losing his marbles. Uh, in the, the face of his offensive line and in his wide receivers and to the officials. You have got to smell blood when it comes to this team bubbling up and ruminating on them potentially exploding. It's really, really hard to win back-to-back -back Super Bowls. <laughs> we know that firsthand. It's really, really hard to get back to the, the playoffs after winning the Super Bowl. There's been one change. You heard Dante Hall said there's been one change on that offense in Kansas City since they won the Super Bowl last year, and it's been Smith-Schuster gone, and the second would be Matt Nagy taking over. There is a frustration level in Kansas City right now in which the pressure is as high as it's ever been, and they just got embarrassed. And now they play their biggest rival at the moment at home again on a short week when the Bengals have extra rest and the Bengals have everything in front of them to play for. We talk about other teams being desperate, like Pittsburgh was this week, with the back against the wall. The Bengals have to be that this week. 
they have to take that mentality to Kansas City. As if to say, these guys aren't going to ruin our season. We're going to ruin theirs. We're going to cause the the spontaneous combustion of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid in this franchise right now. Don't care how it looks. Don't let Travis Kelsey off the hook. Don't let Patrick Mahomes off the hook. Smell blood and take advantage of a franchise that is grasping for air right now. Yes, they are the Super Bowl champions, but they're on the verge of a massive letdown if the Bengals can give it to them on Sunday. Take a break and be back. ESPN 1530. Pre-New Year's edition of Moe's Happy Hour today at the Moreline Lager House. Join us for a live broadcast starting at 3.05 on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. Cincy 360 is back on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. Welcome back to ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. Austin Elmore in for Tony Pike. Checking in with Mo Egger in just a little bit. More time for your phone calls. 513-749-1530. Right here on ESPN 1530. Let's go to DJ in Union. DJ, you're on ESPN 1530. What's up? Hey, Adi. Hey, bud. You're doing a fantastic job. I don't know how you do it solo, man. <laughs> That's got to be tough. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyway, your topic, I, I uh, wanted to comment on as far as the Bengals, what went well. You know, when I kind of look at where they are right now, I'm, I think what went well is I'm like, I'm not sure how they got to the record they are. Um, I think eight and seven is pretty good for given all the things that really haven't gone well. It's true. But um uh, you know, I think the fact that they've identified what I believe is their, you know, their backup quarterback, I think that's a plus. You know, I think uh, they've got some positive contributions from Chase Brown. I think that's a, a plus for the future. And then, you know, Jordan Battle and, and Yossi Voss, I think those are the pluses. I think one of the major negatives has been they got no help in free agents. You know, they got Nick Scott and Irv Smith. They don't even play. You know, so they really didn't add to the team in free agency this past year, which, you know, that's a key component to making your team better. You know, so I think, you know, they could be in a much better place if they would have got something there. You know, and I think, you know, we've seen some things from Miles Murphy, but your number one pick has to contribute more. And then, of course, Brad Robbins really has, has been a negative. So, you know, I think those are both sides of the ledger that I see. Yeah, I, I think that was that was beautifully said, DJ. I mean, there, there's so many of of the good and and the fact that they even got to this point and and there are things that you can take from this year moving forward to build on. And, and DJ, thank you for the phone call. And and the fact that you know they got to the point that they are they are at now and overcame all of those issues says a lot about this organization and the culture and the coaching staff, and the players. And that makes me feel good about them moving forward. That The fact that they are in the conversation right now with all that has happened is an unbelievable positive, an unbelievable plus. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Uh, I thought that was uh, really well said by uh, our, our guy there. Let's go to uh, Jeff calling in from Florida. Jeff, you're on ESPN 1530. What's up? Uh, happy Wednesday, I think it is, Austin. Um, I uh, I didn't know you were going to be on this week. Like I said, I missed the podcast yesterday. 
Um, did Zach ever answer for shotgun on fourth and inches? I, I, that just almost turned off the TV when that happened. You know, I, I don't recall ever hearing him say anything uh, on Saturday or, or earlier this week. But, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't understand it. Yeah, and, and the third down play before that was equally as bad. But yeah. I, we've seen it, you know, we've seen it all year. Shotgun on fourth and one or shotgun on fourth and inches. And I thought, you know, the past two or three weeks we'd gotten back into more under center. Jake mm-hmm. was more comfortable that way, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, if Dax doesn't take that terrible angle on the first play and, and let Pickens get away from him, I think it's just yep. a whole different game. But that, that game's over, you know. Yeah. Uh, you're talk. You're talking about looking forward. I will be looking forward to a potential fourth place schedule with a healthy Joe Burrow next yeah. year. No doubt about that. Yeah, um, that, that's a good point. I mean, I was talking about that a little bit just the other day. It's like you know, the the there's more teams uh, alive right now in the NFL uh, than the, the most teams still alive for the playoffs since 2006. That's the parity the league wants. There's been injuries all over the place. If the Bengals are going to, you know, obviously falter this season, they're going to get rewarded with a much better schedule next year, and they're going to need it because there's going to be a lot of change. Yeah, I think when I looked at it over the weekend, as it stood, it was like Carolina, New England, and Tennessee on the fill-in spots on the schedule if we end up with a fourth-place schedule. But Uh um, I see no reason we can't go there on Saturday and win that game. They're in as bad a shape as we are. There's Mm -hmm. absolutely no reason just don't let somebody get loose for an 85-yard touchdown pass on the first (laughs) damn play of the game. Yeah, that's that's a start. And, you know, we have their number a little bit. I will be disappointed if we don't go out there and at least be competitive. Yeah, that's the thing. It it can't look like it did. And, Jeff, thanks for the phone call. It can't look like it did against Pittsburgh. You can't – you you cannot go out there and not be competitive. You can't get blown out. Like you've got to be in the game. Give yourself a chance to win. You know, give Money Mac an opportunity to go kick a game winner. Something along those lines. Just find yourself in the game. And uh, you know, apparently Lou Ann Rumo talking today was talking about the explosives and had said, you know, we got a lot of young guys, but the future has to be now. Got to stop these explosives. And uh, we'll be right back on ESPN fifteen thirty. ESPN. This is Dan Horde. Join Dave Lapham and me for Bengals Game Plan tonight, starting at 6 on the official home of the Bengals, Cincinnati's ESPN 1530. Welcome back. ESPN 1530. Cincinnati Sports Station. Got time for one more phone call before we turn things over to Mo Egger for quick hits and locks of the night. Let's go to Dave and Redding. Dave, you're on ESPN 1530. What do you got? Yeah, once again, Austin, we got an angry wounded animal in the corner. Need to finish him off early. And yeah. knowing the Bengals probably won't do it, but I hope they do. Um, talking about what you've been talking about today, um, there's uh, two things I would like to change. One, not even the Bengals doing it, another team in the NFL. I would have loved to have seen um, uh, the Atlanta Falcons sign to Lamar Jackson, get him out of our uh, division <laughs> conference. That's a good one. 
Because, man, I'm telling you, that, 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 they could have used him. And you think he's been worth two first-round draft picks for crying out loud? Yeah, yeah, no kidding. And uh, the other thing was, um, first off, uh, your one question about uh, one good thing this was this year is great. That Vikings game was fantastic, the That's way they showed character. Showed the character come yeah. back from 14 down. But in that Houston game, which a uh, guy was talking about before, we stayed for that whole game. It was an embarrassing moment for me because um, – Tyler Boyd uh, dropped that touchdown. I thought he caught it, man. Mm-hmm. And I'm shaking my sister around. I'm cheering, <laughs> and I'm looking. And I'm like, why is it? How come nobody's cheering? I'm thinking, must be a flag. And I, I didn't realize. And I, I take pride in, you know, seeing the field real good. I just thought for sure he caught it. He was mm-hmm. wide open. He never drops nothing. Man. Gosh, yeah, that's that's funny. The Tyler Boyd thing has come up more than once. Dave, thank you for the phone call. I'm thanks, up against thanks, the clock. Bud. Yeah, that's uh, – that's that's a tough scene. I, I, I when I was at the uh, I think the Vikings game when I thought Jermaine Pratt had that peak si- uh, that pick six, uh, I remember losing my mind there. Only to come come to find out there was a flag, and I never saw the flag. That was a tough scene. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk to Mo Egger for quick hits and locks of the night. This is Cincy three hundred and sixty on ESPN fifteen thirty. Jake Browning. Got the ball over the goal line. Zach Taylor's Big Bad Bengals roam into Kansas City for a four-quarter showdown with Taylor Swift's boyfriend and the Chiefs. He got him. Yeah. He sacks him. The postseason picture hangs in the balance. Incredible catch by oh, T. Higgins. Can the orange and black shake off the Chiefs? That should be Coffin Nail. Get the goal live from Dan Hoard and Dave Lappin. Bam, bam, bam. Coverage starts Sunday at noon on ESPN 1530, the official home of the Bengals. Cincy 360 continues on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati's sports station. It's time for Cincy 360 Quick Hits on ESPN 1530. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back. Cincy 360 ESPN 1530. Pleasure to be joined now by Mo Egger, who joins us from the Moorline Logger House for Mo's Happy Hour. Hi, Mo. Audie, how you doing? I'm doing wonderful. How are you today? Oh, couldn't be any better. It is gorgeous out. We're here at the Moorline Lager House. We have the Military Bowl on. That's right. A game that the Bearcats have participated in twice and won once. Mm. Uh, we've got the $5 happy hour menu. We have beer flights. We've got uh, $2 off appetizers. We, we've got me. Really can't ask for anything else. No, not that I can think of. Now, uh, I'm going to ask you a question that I've been asking my listeners today. Mm-hmm. You go from January 29th. When the Bengals lose the AFC Championship game mm-hmm. to now, you get one do-over for the Bengals. What is it? Uh, I would like to do-over. Do, do what? Does this include the AFC Championship game? No. From the end of the AFC Championship game to now. So the AFC Championship game is, is it's, over. It's over. Um, I, I've heard you talk about this, and I've gone through a few different scenarios in my head from sort of relitigating the draft mm-hmm. to redoing any one particular game. I think if it's me, though, I'm bringing back Von Bell. Mm. I, think they've been, I think they've been hurt by the turnover at safety to a larger degree in the short term than, than we thought. Now, I think yeah. big picture, Jordan Battle and Dax Hill are, are both going to be really good players. And I could certainly understand what they did in keeping Jermaine Pratt. I just I wonder if there's a little bit less turnover at that position. Are they in slightly better shape on defense? Now you might argue, and I think with some success, Von Bell coming back to the defense or being on this year's defense doesn't make them necessarily better against the run. But 
I just I wonder what that unit would look like had they not had such big turnover mm-hmm. at one particular position. Yeah, and, and also the impact that Bell would have on Dax Hill. We we kind of had this conversation. I heard you and James talking about it a little bit yesterday as well. It's like he hasn't really jumped off the screen since the preseason. And, yeah. and how big of an impact would that have on him? And could he make the leap to being more of a Jesse Bates-type player? And how much is he being limited by the problems at the other safety spot? Yeah. Now, I mean, I also thought, like, I would have integrated Chase Brown into the offense earlier in the season. I think Mm -hmm. that's easy to do. I think folks are going to say, well, I would have played Jake Browning week one. You know, James and I talked about that yesterday. I'm not sure that makes a huge difference against the Browns. It might have made one in week two against the Baltimore Ravens. There, there isn't an individual play that I would like to go back and, and redo. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe some of the, uh, the, the some of the sequences against the Houston Texans. I guess that could be on the list. But just in terms of how they, I also think it would be interesting if we could go back in time. And Miles Murphy has played well. Mm-hmm. But if we could go back in time, and let's say they draft Sam Laporta, or they take a tight end, one of these guys who could maybe provide a little bit extra punch because early in the season, lack of production at the tight end position was a story. Now, again, that's no shot on Miles Murphy, who has has, has played pretty well uh, mm-hmm. over the last half of the season. But if if they if they do what many expected them to do in the draft and they take a tight end in the first round, how does this offense look, especially as they've dealt with quarterback injuries and wide receiver injuries and you know Irv Smith being kind of a disappointment? How would that play out? What all is uh, going to be on your show today from the Moorline Logger House? I'm going to do something that two weeks ago I, I never would have done. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask Zach Taylor to do something that two weeks ago I would have gotten mad at myself for asking him to do. <laughs> all also, right. also, can we stop with what I think is becoming the most annoying sports media trope as oh. it applies to the Reds? Can we stop it? And it's going to sound like I'm calling out somebody. I'm not. There, there's just there's a bit of a trope that I have participated in myself that I don't want to hear anymore. We're going to apply it to the local baseball team here. Uh, Paul Daner Jr. is going to join us. He's obviously uh, up the street covering the Bengals, so he's typically with me for about an hour here at 3 o'clock. He is going to join me. Right around 4.20 or so. We'll see how much time he has. Uh, Rick Boring on uh, XU at NKU Basketball. You'll hear Jake Browning today. And I, I think what is being said and written about uh, Lamar Jackson, now that he is uh, the favorite to be the uh, 2023 NFL MVP, what some have said sounds awfully cynical. Many have you know, made the assertion that, well, owners colluded to, to not offer Lamar Jackson a contract when, when he was uh, a restricted free agent. And it sounds cynical, but if you understand anything about the history of this league, it 100% makes sense. Hmm. Uh, I just had to look up what trope means. Let's do a locks of the night. Hey, Degenerates. It's time for locks of the night, presented by Cincy Shirts. Visit either store in Hyde Park or on Dixie Highway in Fort Mitchell and always online at cincyshirts.com. Now, let's make you some money. New retail location now open in Loveland. Mo, what do you got for locks of the night tonight? Trope is a word used in a non-literal sense yes. to create a powerful image. Yes. Now I'm trying to think about what you might be talking about. Well, you know, that's that's why we encourage so you why and it's many a others tease. to not just uh, listen to the show, but come on out and, and watch me broadcast <laughs> What do we say? By the way, we gave you one last night. We said go first half over UNLV 
and uh, Kansas last night. Number was uh, 33. They sailed past it in the last two minutes, so we gave you another bowl game winner. Now, there is a big, big part of me. The Mayo Bowl is happening today. It's North Carolina <laughs> and West Virginia. The Mayo Bowl, where the winning coach gets a thing of mayonnaise dumped on Yeah. Him. I think it would be hilarious to see 72-year-old Mac Brown have mayonnaise dumped all over him. Mm-hmm. And maybe we do see that, but I don't think we are. West Virginia's land six and a half. What do we say with bowl games? Find the opt-outs. No Drake May, no Tez Walker, no Corey Gaynor. Four starters on the defensive side of the football. Find the motivation. I think with Neil Brown basically taking himself off the hot seat this year in West Virginia, there's a fair amount of motivation to sort of validate the season with the win, go into next year with a hmm. sense of, 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 uh, of momentum. Also, North Carolina lost four out of six with all those players at the end of the season. <laughs> I think West Virginia covers the six and a half, and unfortunately, Neil Brown's going to have the mayo dumped on him and not Mac Brown. All right, there it is. Perfect, Mo. Thank you so much. We'll be listening from three to six this afternoon. I'm excited. Yes, Mo Egger, live from the Moorline Logger House, coming up next. Tony Pike back tomorrow, at least we hope so. And uh, looking forward to that. Back to the regularly scheduled programming the rest of the week. Thank you so much to our callers, our listeners, our talkbackers, those of you who tweeted at me. Thank you to Mo and our great sponsors at Cincy Shirts, Wind Schulers, and uh, Skyline Chili, among others. This has been Cincy 360 on the home of the Bengals, Cincinnati's ESPN 1530. ESPN 1530 Cincinnati. Available everywhere with the iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. ESPN 1530, an iHeartRadio station. Men, the new year is here. And if you're like many of us, you're going to make a resolution to improve your health. But if you're feeling sluggish and low energy, if your sleep patterns are off, if you've been working out and aren't seeing the gains you used to see, making that resolution may not be so easy. This is Jeff for Tri-State Men's Health, and if you're feeling the way I just described, we can likely help you with that resolution, because those symptoms probably mean you're suffering with low testosterone. And at Tri-State Men's Health, we're experts in treating this condition. With our low T protocols, if you're like most men, the change will astound you. You'll feel more energy and better mental clarity, your sleep will improve, your workouts will be better, and you'll likely find your sex drive goes up as well. So call us today and get treated for your low T. Your initial visit is only $99 and includes blood work and a medical consult. And if you start on testosterone the day of your appointment, your visit is free. Call 800-900-9654 or go to tristatemenshealth.com. We have three offices, Cincinnati, Louisville, and our new office in Dayton. Tristate Men's Health, a promenic restorative health practice. It's time for the parade. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.